1: Thank you for joining us today. As we continue this vital series on a call to holiness, consider these questions What does it mean to live holy? How do we live holy as Christians? Why must we live holy? If we are to affect the world for the kingdom of God, we must maximize our effectiveness by meeting God's requirements for kingdom living and kingdom building. Listen closely as Pastor Rander ministers to our hearts, minds, and souls. Remember to have your Bible, pen, and paper handy. As you will want to take notes.
2: Ask God to put some boundaries around you. Say boundaries. boundaries. You need boundaries around your private parts. You need boundaries around your eyes. You need boundaries around your feet. You need boundaries around your ears. You need boundaries around your life. Look, you say, God hedge me in. Put some boundaries around me. That's right. Sin will cause you to lose your life. Number seven, I'm taking my time. To live holy as Christians, we must abstain from fleshly lust. To live holy as Christians, we must abstain from fleshly lusts. First Peter chapter 2 verse 11 says, Beloved, I beg you, I urge you, I beg you, as sojourners, in other words, you're traveling through, and pilgrims, don't you know we're pilgrims? Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Abstain. Say "abstain." abstain. Abstain. Stay away from Be mindful as God's representatives on earth and that we are, we are sojourners, we are pilgrims, we are passing through, this world is not our home, we are aliens, we are strangers in our earthly pilgrimage toward our heavenly home. This world is not our home. With that being said, Christians should be foreigners here on earth who realize that we do not belong in this world system. I said again, we do not belong in this world system. This world system is not our home. We are in the world but we must not be of it. Our permanent citizenship is with Jesus in heaven. You have a permanent citizenship right now. Philippians 3:20 says for our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, where you live now, that's just a temporary address. I don't care how nice it is, how gated it is, how lovely it is, how, uh, whatever you got. Listen, it is temporary and you can't keep it. You can buy all the land you want. You're going to die and it's going to transfer to somebody else. Why? This world is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven our, our, our home, our permanent home is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. You ought to be anxious to, for the coming of Christ because he's going to take us to our permanent heavenly home and you won't have to move again. You won't have to pay taxes anymore. You won't have a mortgage. You won't have rent. You won't have to worry about utilities. That ought to make you want to go to heaven right now. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly, I can't wait for the Savior. Come today, Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus Christ. We must not become so rooted in this world system that we fail to prepare for our our imminent departure to be with Christ. My friend, if you would only realize just how short and brief our earthly journey is on earth you will start packing up and getting ready to go today. The older you get, you ought not be hoarding stuff. It's time to start releasing stuff. Letting go. Letting go. You can't keep it. I've buried folk time and time again. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse. Never. It's time to pack up, get ready to go. I'm mighty afraid. I'm mighty, mighty, mighty afraid that some of you under my voice are not ready to leave this world because you love your possessions. I'm mighty afraid that some of you don't want to leave because you love your pleasure. I'm mighty afraid that some of you don't want to leave because you don't view yourself as pilgrim and strangers. You love your entertainment. You love your money. You love your stocks and bonds. You love, you love what you got. Will God have to do you like he did Lot and his family in Genesis chapter 19 verses 15 through 16 where he dispatched angels from heaven who grabbed them by the hand and led them out of Sodom lest they be consumed by imminent judgment. Is that you? You save, and God say hey It's time to go. It's time to come home now. You, oh, oh, my house. Oh, my my car. Oh, my my, my coat. Oh, my swaggy stuff. My swaggy stuff. And God's got to go get some angels to pull you up to heaven. And he got to pull you up by your feet because you are holding on to your stuff. Huh? Is that you? First John 2, 15 Verses 16 through 17 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father, but is of the world. Verse 17. And and look, and the world is passing away. Everything you hold it on to is passing away. Those beautiful earrings are passing away out there. Those glasses And rings, it's passing away, coat and ties and pins and whatever you got, design of this and design of that, passing away, passing away. And the lust, all that stuff you lust, lusting after, it says, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Romans 12, 2a says also says, and do not be conformed to this world. Have you allowed the world to squeeze you into its mold until you never have an inner longing to go to heaven? You're never homesick for heaven. When is the last time you've been homesick for heaven? Have you ever gone somewhere and it's been pretty nice? And you enjoyed yourself, but after you've been there a while, you wanted to go back home. Have you ever had that experience? Oh, it was so good, and you just you just got where you were going to go. You couldn't wait to get there. You just said, "Ah, rest, enjoy myself. This is nice." But after day one, two, three, four, about the sixth day, but or whatever, all of a sudden your mind is is thinking about going home. <laughs> it's good to go, but it's good to what? Go, go, go home. You know, when is the last time you've been homesick for heaven? Uh, Have you forgotten what heaven's all about? A place where there are no more tears, no more, no more death, no more lying. a, a, A place where no more sickness, no more needles, no more high blood pressure. A place where there, there are no more hospitals, don't have to you don't have to worry about flu shot, pneumonia shots, shingle shots, shots shots, you don't have to worry about once you think about you won't have to worry about any more calories you don't have to worry about sugar you you don't have to worry about getting big you don't have to worry you know you don't have to worry about none of that stuff it's joy eternal no more devil no more corruption no more politics no more voting no no more cussing no more stealing no more lying no more glaucoma no more cancer no no more pulmonary problems no more indigestion no more tummy <laughs> aches I, I, do you ever get a little homesick for heaven for heaven you need to spend time reading about heaven the scripture says in 1st Peter chapter 2 verse 11b says abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul Oh, soul, say soul. soul. What is the soul? What is the soul? S O U L. What is the soul? The the soul, the human soul is immaterial. It is without form or substance. The soul, the soul. It is immaterial, without form, a substance, a soul. It is the inner person. It's that part of man where the doctors cut you open, they can't even see it. Not even under x-ray. It is, what, it is without, it's without form, a substance. It is the inner person, uh, uh, the soul. It is the seat of the heart, uh, the soul. It's made up of, uh, of the emotion, the, the intellect. And the will the soul the soul the soul it is immortal it is eternal it is that part of you that never dies which means that we will live forever and never cease to exist there's eternity in the soul that's right and when the body dies and is buried the soul lives on if you know Christ In the presence of God, if you don't know him, in hell. But your soul doesn't sleep. There's no such thing as soul sleep. That's a lie from the pits of hell. Your soul lives. I wish I had the time to deal with all this. The soul is the essence and reality of who we really are. That's right. It is the essence of reality of who we, re- who we really are. It is also that part of man and woman which enables him or her to think and reason intellectually and with understanding. It is that part of, of man and woman which enables him or her to think and reason intellectually and with understanding uh, the, the soul abstain from fleshly lusts with war against the soul. Peter begs, he urges, and he pleads with believers to keep on abstaining from fleshly lusts. Some of you have become so embedded and so acclimated to this world system until you no longer look like strangers or sojourners who are on their way to their heavenly home. You look so much like the world that the world don't even know you're a Christian. Beloved, your soul is so precious to God and it should be precious to you as well. This means you must refuse or crave or desire Those things that feed your unredeemed flesh, resulting in intensifying your inner struggle. You must not long for those things that bring about unrest in your spirit, in your soul, grieving the Holy Spirit. Desiring and craving for those things which are forbidden by God wars against your own soul. I reiterate, desiring and craving for those things which are forbidden by God wars against your own soul. You must not do anything that puts your life at risk, neither physically or spiritually. Last but not the least, as we conclude this series, number eight, living holy raises our standard of living and literally preserves our lives from sickness, disease, and even death. I want you to get this one. You need to write everything down that I'm saying now. Because it's going to save you, your children, and your grandchildren a whole lot of of trouble. And you need to share this not only for yourself and your own personal edification, but for those around you. Living holy raises our standard of living. The worst thing you can have is low-life saints. Saints who live low. Think low. Small-minded. Sinful, evil thinking. Conniving. You know, fiendish, diabolical, calculating, living holy raises our standard of living and literally, say literally, Literally. say literally, literally, literally preserves our lives from sickness, disease, and even death. Living holy protects you. When God says live holy, he's not trying to make you miserable. God is not some great killjoy. God is trying to give you a quality life. God wants you to have long life. God wants you to have productive life. And it can't be on your terms. It has to be on whose terms? His terms. And his term alone. You can't create your own standard. The Bible is the standard. The Bible sets the standard. Why don't you say Amen. amen. Living holy raises our standard of living and literally preserves our lives from sickness, disease, and even death. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 18 says, run from sexual sins, run sexual sins. Do I have to call them? You know what they are. I don't have time to call them. There's so many. I can't call them sexual sins. Anything of sexual nature that's not between a married man and woman, even lusting in your mind, even though you have done it, you Bible says you already that whatever man thinketh in his heart, so is he run. Joseph ran from Mrs. Potiphar. He couldn't do nothing else but run, and she grabbed his clothes and left his clothes hanging. And, and and she lied on him. He ended up in prison. You can just because you live holy don't mean you won't get in trouble. <laughs> Sometimes living holy gets you in trouble because the devil's mad at you, the folk mad at you. They couldn't get what they want, so they turn against you. Miss Potiphar couldn't get what she wants, so she lied on him. Mister Potiphar didn't believe it. Had he believed it, he'd have killed Joseph. He'd have killed him. He sure would have. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. When you commit sex out of wedlock, you sin against your own body. When you uh, have any sexual fantasies in your thinking, in your mind, you are sinning against your own body. Romans chapter 8 verse 13 also says, For if you live according to the flesh, your fleshly desires... You will die. In other words, sin will kill you. You need to write that down. Now, some of y'all go, y'all won't write that. That's too strong. You need to write it down. Sin will kill me. And that'll make you think twice. Romans 8, 13 says, for if you live according to the flesh, you, it say you might die. You may die. You what? Will die. In closing, a report from uh, the Christian Broadcasting Network News announced on August 29, 2018, shared of an increase in sexually transmitted diseases in the United States. Here are some stunning, staggering segments from the CDC report. In 2017, lend me your ears. In 2017, nearly 2.3 million cases of sexually transmitted diseases were diagnosed in the United States. That broke the record set in 2016 by nearly 200,000. Chlamydia remained the most common condition reported to the CDC. More than 1.7 million cases were diagnosed in 2017 of chlamydia. 1.7 million. That's a whole lot of folk. Just last year, not 50 years ago, last year. With 45%, listen to this, among 15-year-old to 24-year-old females. 15 to 24-year-old. Don't you think it's about time we live holy? Primary and secondary syphilis diagnosis increased 76%. Gonorrhea diagnosis increased 67% overall and nearly doubled among men. Gonorrhea is of particular concern to health experts, because it is on the verge of becoming untreatable. Listen to this, nearly 2.3 million people in the United States have cases of these sexual transmitted diseases were diagnosed according to the preliminary data. An STD expert says The president of the United States should declare this a public health crisis. My friend, I believe what America uh, has is a moral crisis and a spiritual crisis. And it manifests itself in many ways, including this public health crisis. You hear me well. Sin always has a cost and severe consequences Amen. you write that down sin always say always, always has a cost and severe consequences it makes you impotent gonna, gonna read that stuff blinds you it will kill you you get AIDS you get you struggle with life medicine medicine and Mo Madison, they glamorize sex on the screen, but they don't show you the, 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 the dismal side of the other side of that pleasure. Amen. Pleasure is but for a moment. But what about all that hurt and all that pain and even going blind? So, is so much of this sexual immorality going on? And that even the antibiotics are losing their effectiveness, and they're trying to come up with more, but they can't keep up with it. What's going to happen when the last one is no longer effective? Some of you say, "Well, I can live like the devil. Pop a pill, take it, and glup, and I'll be all right." Huh? You are just as deceived as you could be. You say, well, preacher, you scanned me. I'm so glad I am. God loves us and he wants to protect us. His word tells us what to do. You say, what does, what does God's word tell us to do in spite of all of these stats, these grim stats? It's real. I've heard it with my own ears. So what, what, uh, 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 preacher, tell me, tell me, please, please, give me a spiritual antidote. I certainly will. It's found in this theme verse I've been preaching over eight sessions. First Peter chapter one, verses 14 through 16 is the answer. As obedient children. Not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct, in all of your behavior. Because it is written, be holy for I am holy. It is a tragedy when a man can sleep around on his wife and then bring disease to her that she don't deserve. And now she got to live in this sinful mess or vice versa, the wife does it. And you wonder who did it. You know who did it. Be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure your sins will find you out. Wise is a man or woman who knows how to identify sin and run, 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 run. If you can't run, trot away. Trot, trot. If you can't trot, you two will walk away. You on a cane, cane it away one step at a time. Just be going in the right direction. Just go, go in the right direction. You can't run. Yeah. Listen. Just move forward. Get away. You can't run. Use that cane. Hit him. <laughs> Maybe you got that cane for more than walking. Get out of my face. You're not going to mess up my life and then disappear. I've got to live with this hellish mess. And all God's children said, yeah.
1: The Word of God tells us that there is no salvation in any other or anything except Jesus Christ, the only name under heaven by which we must be saved. We can and many do live victoriously through obedient faith in our Lord and Savior. In Him alone, we are redeemed and forgiven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855. East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. The Maranatha Bible Church family invites you to join us on Sunday, August the 13th at 10 a.m. for a Bring a Coworker Day worship celebration. Come and be blessed, refreshed, greeted with a smile and encouraged as you are ministered to in song, fellowship and prayer, coupled with the steadfast love and word of Almighty God.